to explore what makes a successful founder. I'm your host, Aisha Kushal, and for this episode, we have Siddhartha Alavalia as our guest. Siddhartha is a co-founder in Shiro's, a women's community platform in India offering support, resources, opportunities, and interactions specifically made for women. In the next five years, Shiro's aims to put 100 million women on the growth roadmap. Additionally, Siddhartha is the founder and host of the 100x Entrepreneurs podcast that aims to discover how we can be 100x of ourselves. So, let's get this started and delve deeper by hearing from Siddhartha. Siddhartha, thank you so much for joining me on the Founders DNA podcast. It's great to have you here. Siddharth is currently a co-founder in Shiro's, the social network for women in India, after his company Baby Gogo was acquired by Shiro's in 2017. Additionally, he's the founder and host of the popular 100x entrepreneur podcast. So I thought we would start by exploring how and why you decided to start Baby Gogo. Uh, thank you, Aisha, for having me on the podcast. And it's a pleasure. Uh, my entrepreneurial journey starts from 2011-2012, uh, just after graduation from my college. I did my master's in image processing from IIIT Gaulia in 2011. After that, I worked nine months as a software engineer with Amdocs. But following for healthcare uh, was always back of my mind. You can say, you know, I wanted to build technology solutions in healthcare. And in college, we and a couple of my friends built healthcare a hospital management system for hospitals in India. Uh, we got a few uh, thousand rupees of funding while you are in college from various B plan competitions we won. By the time graduation hit, uh, we were all from middle class families and we had our families to support. So we all went into jobs, but in nine months into job, I felt this is not for me. Mm -hmm. And one of my uncles in USA, he said, you know, let's partner together and I'll help you know take care of the expenses which you have and he said I'll you know fund the company and you take care of the operations running so uh, we built out a healthcare management system a hospital management system for tier 2 doctors we did that for around one and a half years from quitting my job to 2012 to end of 2013 uh, at that point of time my uncle lost his job in US and he ran out of funds so we mm -hmm. had to stop that but I never gave up. I think this thing I learned from my father that he's been an entrepreneur. He's like for the last 25 years, last year I lost him. So oh, wow. uh, yeah. due to an accident, he's no more with us. But throughout my life, you know, mm -hmm. he has been an entrepreneur. He built small SME ventures mm -hmm. throughout, you know, and many times throughout our life, we hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. But that never, you know, impacted him, let's say, moved him in so a negative way. Sure. What, are, what do you think are some of the lessons that you've learned from your father or your parents specifically and how has that influenced you in your entrepreneurial journey then? Uh, I think uh, nothing can kill you and as bloggers, <laughs> nothing can kill you, you know, this, mm -hmm. you should keep on doing it in a positive way. So positive. how do you prevent something from killing you? Just don't jump in front of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> 
West, you know, if you start a business, there's a uh, 50% chance that business will go bust in the first few years itself. Hmm. But, you know, you have to play uh, your shots, you have to take risks. That's the part of the game. Otherwise, you know, you can lead a steady life, be in a job. Hmm. If you're taking risks, there are also downside. That's why it's called a risk. Yeah. So you mentioned that you worked before you jumped into entrepreneurship. Yes, so just nine months. <laughs> so how, what was it? Was it, was, were you always, did you always have an affinity towards entrepreneurship? But what was it that gave you the shift that I don't want this, I want to go into entrepreneurship? See, I don't uh, per se hate working in a big company or mm. per se, but being a software engineer as a part of a large 7,000 engineering team, 7,000 mm. engineers you can imagine, you are coding a very specific part of a problem right. and you don't see your, your impact mm. at the client's head or at the ecosystem in it a whole. Right? And you are part of a la very large ship. So that's what I think startups attract people who want to make impacts in a year or two, sure. feel directly impacts in a client's life or customer life. For example, with the hospital management system which we are trying to do, we are trying to revolutionize how hospitals in tier 2 cities work. Hmm. And uh, moving forward from them, when that venture didn't work out and you asked me what I, things I learned from my father, so the best thing was persistence, you know, you have to keep on going at it. So I didn't, when my uncle stopped that venture, I thought, you know, let me build a smaller version of it, which was a requirement in tier 2 cities. So we built a clinic management system for doctors. Hmm. We had doctors in tier 2 cities uh, near Delhi or even deeper you go in India, which is called vernacular today, yeah. uh, can use the solution to digitize their patient records. And I wasn't able to find good co-founders since I had learned a lesson, a hard lesson, you know, on who to partner with, who to not partner with. So I, for me, the first criteria was, you know, this time I'll get all partners in one place. So that and all will be full time. So it's not that like one is doing a job and the second is running a venture. So I think that's important for founders when they start a company to have all partners together. Interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned that. So how, I mean, obviously throughout your entrepreneurial journey, you've had to work with partners, co-founders, teams. Yeah. So what have been some of the most important learnings? So what are some of the aspects that you do look out for now? So, I'll share through examples. So mm -hmm. when I first met my co-founder Satyadeep and Saurabh, they are both from IIT Guwahati and they were working as engineers in Microsoft and Oracle mm -hmm. uh, before joining me. So th they were more experienced in technology side than me. Let's say they were, had built solutions which were used by millions of people right from the second year of the college. They were building apps. So the first criteria is that the people who you should partner with should have complementary skills and should have a deeper expertise than you have. Mm -hmm. For me, my partners have deeper expertise in tech and building products. That was very important. Uh, for That is the number one. The second part is that compatibility. And you cannot test compatibility unless mm -hmm. you know you work together. So we worked together for almost one year before we formally formed a company. We built the product together, but we were all, always you know seeing that can we go through rough times or not? And they were pretty rough times early on in our journey. So was that a conscious decision? 
so what happened is you cannot take you know decisions for a long time consciously when starting up because what you have as an entrepreneur is just the 20 meters road ahead of you mm. just if you're driving at a night yeah especially true. in roads like delhi yeah. you cannot see more than 20 meters yeah. so that that's how entrepreneurship is like so you just plan for that and you know take one step at a time mm. but we saw that you know throughout our pattern journey that we were able to work together very well and though different in natures uh, we could uh, argue together we could fight but we could share the same passion for building ventures mm. so that is the second most important thing can you together you know first test out a period mm. of 6 months to 1 year together working because uh, people have to realize that entrepreneurship or building companies is a 5 to 10 year long journey which can be very draining mm. at times yeah. so if the people you are working with don't have the same vision as you it will be very difficult to sustain that company that's great um so why don't we delve deeper into your latest entrepreneurial journey essentially from baby gogo to shiros so what was that like so while building adodoc which i said with the first set mm. of partners satyadeep and saurabh mm. uh, we built a clinic management solution for doctors on mobile which after raising money and having a couple of acquisition offers which we rejected uh, we pivoted to baby gogo because we realized the market on the mother's side on the customer side is much larger than on the doctor's side so we built a mobile based community for moms you can think of cora for moms hmm. that company because we had good traction a good product scaled very rapidly in the span of one and a half years okay. and because of a good product we again had you know acquisition offer from some of the large companies in baby e-commerce space in mm. india mm. but we realized that uh, joining hands with somebody who you share again same passion with makes more sense than just choosing a large company so sairi chahal who has been a founder of shiro for the last 5 years mm. uh, recognized asked us to join so 9 months we considered her offer then we realized you know together we can build a much larger company together because we were doing only from parenting space sairi earlier was doing something for women in work and together we decided we'll use the baby gogo technology the product and the users to build the largest community for women in india and today shiros has 1000 communities mm. for women so you're covering across the whole ecosystem absolutely specifically interesting so how did you make the decision to be acquired how did you realize or what are some of the things that you made you choose shiros specifically so other over other acquisitions one of the things was that it should give a positive uh, return to my investors because mm. as a founder you have the first in fiduciary responsibilities towards the people who you have given money Definitely. to your company right so you have to return their money profitably so for me that was very important so mm. with other acquisition offers you know either they were giving you know stock or they were not giving a positive irr to my mm. investors so that was ruled out second was my whole team of 20 people in baby coco got senior leadership position in shiros when they joined so that was important you know the second responsibility after investors yeah. is your team who mm. have trusted you with their careers and then third was you know together is it making a sense to team up together and can we solve a problem for a large market do our capabilities combine or is just 1 plus 1 2 can 1 plus 1 be made 11 so it obviously has yes <laughs> that's great because obviously it was a transition from the basically merging of two entities so yeah. what were some of what would you say were some of the growing pains or some of the aspects that made you stronger essentially 
So uh, when you are running a small company or say 20 or 50 people set up and you are the CEO, you are part of every decision hmm. right? and you run your company in your own way. When you get acquired by a large company, it's extremely tough. You lose sense of ownership. Now, yeah. then you are in a larger entity, you are taking care of a specific function. That becomes very challenging for a founder and CEO, you know, from yeah. running all the things to yeah. <laughs> just being accountable for one thing. And uh, you rightly mentioned, these are growing pains. But after some time, you know, you realize that, you know, these are tough medicines or mm. better medicines which you have to taste yeah. to become a more mature person and uh, when we switch so there are advantages also you are building for a large market so you can have 10x or 15x the number of users which we had in Shiro's and now I had a different investor base a much more large investor base so Baby Coco had raised let's say a half a million dollars from investor Shiro's had already raised more than a couple of million dollars so mm. different investor base more maturity among the board which yeah. we had and obviously you know when you join a new team you tend to imbibe the qualities uh, which let's say True. Sairi Chahal had the founder of Shiro's. That's great. Looking back because you've been an entrepreneur for yeah. quite a while what do you think matters most when starting up as an entrepreneur? I mean or what mattered most to you? So few things if you ask me you know now I have you know experience and wisdom hmm which I didn't have six, seven years ago, I would say don't jump into problems immediately, especially I think for engineers yeah. like me, <laughs> what we tend to do is just try to solve as quickly mm. as we can build a solution. I would say try analyze markets, what is the pain point in market, validate that with enough number of people, let's mm. say 100, 200, 300 people at least, eh? give six yeah. months, one year time to validate a problem before just jumping in. You can be fortunate that you hit the right Right. market or the right problem but I see a lot of entrepreneurs hitting false markets and false problems which are not really pain points hmm. to solve because they themselves face something or they are passionate about them it's like you are you have a false eyeglasses which you can see only <laughs> your vision yeah so it's more you of want a, like a narrower vision rather than the absolutely so one thing which has to be you know talking from to customers from day zero hmm. so that thing you know talk to the first 300 potential customers without building a product for it. That's a very refreshing perspective, definitely. So I thought I would tell you the idea behind the podcast. So it's basically to dive, um, delve deeper into the person behind a founder and discover what's, what unique experiences either in the professional or personal arenas have had on them and why. So therefore keeping in line with this philosophy, I know we've talked a bit about um, how your dad has had an influence, but what would you say are some of maybe some additional learnings that you've had from your childhood that you think have influenced you or supported you throughout your entrepreneurial journey? So one of the key incidences in my childhood was when I was eight years old. My doctor misdiagnosed me for typhoid when I had malaria. It was a okay. pediatrician in a tier 2 city. Mm. And because of that, I had allergies and asthma. So mm. that's why, as I said, I had a subconscious focus towards solving for healthcare. And uh, I had been surrounded by business families hearing stories of businesses being built. Uh, one thing which I did in my 10th class, you know, very early on, I used to cut out uh, paper clippings of you know inspirational quotes from Times of India or from other newspapers and build a scrapbook out of it. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I had scrapbook of you know tough journeys of people who have made it. 
फॉर मी दैट वॉज सब कॉन्शियसली बिल्डिंग आउट अ मसल इन मी फॉर परसिस्टेंसिंग what was that like the whole process of building it out what was the impact on you so for for me it it, uh, it helped me relate to you know that the people who we see as successes a lot goes behind a lot of pains goes behind in mm. making that it's not a one night wonder it's not a one year wonder mm. it takes years of discipline of hard work of facing pains to make it happen and uh, the smiling face you see on a tv or everybody is applauding for might not be you know in real life he is yeah. still struggling with his own set of demons so so every person's journey is unique and uh, you have to shape out your own journey so so don't idolize somebody and just you know like I have seen a lot of entrepreneurs try to become like Steve Jobs <laughs> but yeah. he had his own journey so you cannot never True. be another person Yeah. As you said, you know, we have our own. Def- every founder's DNA is different. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You can't emulate someone else. Absolutely. You yeah. have to find your own path, and keep keep on hitting it. One thing which I think uh, I say to a lot of entrepreneurs today is, build things which you can be consistent with. Let's say. What do you mean by that? For example, if you try out a new channel for marketing, mm-hmm. okay, or uh, try to be consistent. try to post an article on a daily basis for your seo or if you are task starting mm. you know a tiktok channel for your you know, try to post a video daily don't do things inconsistently it takes years to build a Got property it. or if i this is for if even for me if i'm doing the 100x entrepreneur mm. podcast mm. a podcast has to go out every week it cannot yeah. be a miss that's true just things you know nothing happens in one day or a few months it, mm. it compiles it takes years of consistent hard work to make that uh, compounding effect happen mm-hmm. great um because you've um journeyed through various um entrepreneurial companies how did you think how does this path that you are on evolve from what you envisioned it to be so i, I every company when i started i thought it will be a billion dollar company <laughs> <laughs> and i raised hundreds of million dollars from softbank <laughs> which never happened but i think there's tremendous learning in that so oh, you know i would not set end goal for you know whatever my next venture or current venture is mm-hmm. i'm just looking you know so say i have to i now think in multiple of hundreds for example so multiple of hundreds mean for my current podcast i have to do 100 episodes right so i'm not looking at to become the best podcast in the world but thinking in multiple of 100 bringing 100 new guests on the podcast mm-hmm. 100 advertisers on the podcast or for example why 100 i think that's a significant milestone because mm-hmm. uh it it gives you a sense of purpose that there's something you still left to be done and getting this 100 is a significant if you have 100 clients you would have improved significantly mm-hmm. or if you become a 100 member team right yeah It's that an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment. So yeah. So this is a recent framework. It may change my but with time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That all you can do is evolve. Yeah. And learn. That's great. So one of the questions that led me to start this um, podcast is that does someone need to be inherently entrepreneurial in nature, or is this something that can be learned through experiences? So what are your thoughts? Nobody is born an entrepreneur. Hmm. It's. through your you know society either why do most iit kids 
jump into entrepreneurship hmm. uh, is because they see a safety net around them and they see their people who are living in IIT Delhi hmm. campus has same as such such in Bansal the people who are from hmm. the same hostel they can compare their stories to that of such in Bansal and Delhi right. Bansal so so it's completely I think it's an environmental and society phenomena hmm. which part of society are you living in so I think it's good if you want to be an entrepreneur it's not it it need doesn't need to be in your DNA but you need to surround with enough people so that you can soak the same kind of thoughts the wavelength around building big things interesting so how would you suggest someone who probably might not have been brought up in an entrepreneurial family or doesn't have exposure to that so how would you suggest or what do you think could have an impact on them that would or how would they be able to influence like get exposure from this ecosystem so uh, one of the first ways which i think you know anyone can build it first build your expertise in one mm -hmm. area for example if you want to be in digital marketing or programming once you have let's say a college graduate worked couple of years in a big company build your expertise in one field then try reaching out to founders at least make a group of five to six founders and help them pro bono mm -hmm. and identify the top five co-founders who you want to be like and who are starting early and see that your skill can help them. I think help them out on weekends, mm -hmm. hang with them, have a beer with them, yeah. start absorbing those entrepreneurial DNA from yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a great idea actually. Yeah, I guess it always helps if you can bring something to the table. Absolutely. For someone else. That's yeah, true. Because uh, what's in them for, for giving you time of their meeting when they have so many fires to burn? That's very true. So now that you've been a founder for a few years, looking back, were there any experiences or instances through your journey that you're glad you experienced, like that you're glad you went through? I, uh, I think in hindsight, I chose my co-founders wisely. Uh. <laughs> you stuck with me for a very long time and mm. we learned from each other a lot. I think most startups which fail early on are fail because of co-founder issues. Like the two or three people are not able to see each other faces after some time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was say I was fortunate to find great mm. people to work with. And because we three were so close-knit together and uh, in skill set also, we, we were complementary and experts in our field. We could bring build a large team, let's say 20 people and now she was a large team, uh, which had the same DNA of you know respecting each other, staying close in tough times to each other. Mm. Interesting. What, what are your thoughts on whether you should know your founders, your co-founders before you bring them on board or is it fine like what do you think dynamics should be is it someone you know beforehand or is it okay if you choose them because of their expertise for for my case i didn't knew my co-founders beforehand okay. i met them at an event called plr droid it's an android event in Bangalore. Yeah. i was presenting hmm. mock-ups for adodoc and they were presenting their solution for it so that's how you know we liked each other we had common interest in meditation in mountains hmm. and we started talking we had like two months of dating period <laughs> where Definitely, we had yeah. several coffees and discussed many ideas and then we started working together but for example if there's a buddy of yours from college or from your previous company who you like to work with you know so you, the first test you have already passed that you can work with him hmm. for a long period of time 
without complaining or uh, getting you, sick of them getting sick of them <laughs> and using when will this person go out of room yeah <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So you're saying that's the first step. What do you think are some of the subsequent steps? That's so if let's say if you have identified a two people or one other person who you want to build a company with, right? Because of their expertise or because you two bring good skill set combined to the table, identify a large market because when you solve problem for a small market, uh, it, it, it's not worth it to be in mm. five to ten years of your time. So solve mm. problem for a large market. Even if you fail, you know you will have learned a lot. Mm. And because if you're solving problem for a large market, the outcomes which you generate, whether it be an acquisition, an investment, uh, it it will always tend to be large. Mm. Mm. For example, if you are building company in very niche domains, uh, it it tends not to attract investments. And because now you cannot attract investments or large clients, you cannot pay for getting the best team on board. True, it's a cyclical yeah. cycle. So. Throughout your journey, how do you think or how important do you think it is to seek out support or having a support system around you? And what have been some of your support systems throughout this journey? So, initial uh, support system for me was my mother when because I was living in a after my college I worked in Gurgaon and then back, went back to my hometown. Uh, so when I wanted to go to Bangalore uh, and had no money, I sought out uh, my parents' help and they said, no worries, you know, we'll take care of home, you go to Bangalore. I lived in my friend's home for for one month. I think what we try to negate is a th- to make one successful journey, 100 other people have to do such sacrifices. So my friends who gave me, you know, rooms for staying, <laughs> Oh, you know, wow, without yeah. charging me, yeah. of of people agreeing initially in my days to meet me for a coffee, where I couldn't bring anything on the table, but mm. just was seeking out for help. So let's say for my journey, Siddhartha Alwariya's journey, hundreds of people would be credited for who I am today. And I, I still seek help on a daily basis, you know. For example, through my podcast, I'm able to build a huge network of VCs sure. now who can reach out to. I think in terms of who to reach out to and support to, uh, build people who are able to share their journey also. For example, if I'm sitting with you and uh, you are also able to share your struggles, your journeys, other person who is able to relate to you and that's more empathy, I think, Mm -hmm. the two people bring on the team. Get to know someone else's perspective, basically. So how would you recommend for maybe a newly minted new entrepreneur? How would you suggest or recommend going about seeking support for someone who's just started? So first would be you know, reach out to people on LinkedIn, on Twitter uh, for help uh, and I would say research about people properly. I still get highs on LinkedIn without even yeah, mentioning the name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hmm. if I am today to reach out to somebody, you know, I do at least 10 minute research, yeah. what's their background like, how it's shaped up and then I reach out with a customized message to them, seeking out their time and why should they give their time to me even half an hour or one hour that's a good habit to build for seeking out help a lot of people still believe in bccing everyone never understood that (laughs) so um what would you say are some of your expectations of yourself and how do you manage those expectations so uh, i'll tell you why i started 100x entrepreneur podcast for Mm -hmm. before starting a podcast Six months, you know, in my diary, I was writing daily. I need to grow, you know, 100x of myself because I think 
Siddharth Alwaliya wants to build a billion dollar company needs to mm. be 100x of himself right. to build that right and it occurred to me you know to build 100x I have to surround myself with that kind of people mm. uh, and to push myself to have a large vision large goals so for me living out my life you know giving it 100% and having big goals which you know I should have been proud of that I lived mm. and impacted a world so for me if you even check out my LinkedIn my, my real purpose which I say in my life is to impact 1 billion people positively help them wow. grow and uh, they become a better version of themselves mm. that's a great goal to have <laughs> that's great um so now that um so why, because in an entrepreneurial ecosystem, you always have to constantly innovate and like be at the forefront of whatever industry you're at. So what is your process or philosophy on how you innovate and what are some of the things that you take inspiration from, for example? So for me, uh, I seek out ideas through books, through Twitter, through other podcasts. and. Uh, as I said, I believe in the power of consistency. So if I try to pick up a new thing, mm. I try to do it consistently, you know, to, for me to absorb it. For example, it can be if I'm, you know, uh, I want to learn digital marketing, I'll spend 100 days with it, doing mm. consistently to grow myself. So that becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. Okay. So that pushes me to for, you know, into a new field. And I don't give up for, that's why it's also a formula of 100. I don't give it up before 100 days. So um, obviously, us as humans, we have our ups and downs. Yeah. So I mean, even if, say for example, you missed a day or two, so how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with you feeling guilty or you beating yourself up over the fact that you haven't done it or you couldn't do it? I, I beat myself up almost <laughs> on every second day basis because of something or other, you know, hmm. misses. But I think always getting back up, you know, hmm. Persist, you know, just persist purely. You'll never be 100% perfect or you'll right. never be able to follow your schedule 100%. And we are not, I would say, no human being is 100% disciplined. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all have our own guilty pleasures or uh, movie watch some Netflix or do something. Definitely. Else. But next next day, treat it as fresh, get mm. up, you know, put your 100%. Right? At least try to do the 10 things which you set out to do. Mm. If you're able to accomplish 8 or 9, that's great. Great. So who would you say are some of the people you admire or look to inspiration for, especially people who are running businesses the way you want to run your business? So for me, people who have built you know, sustainable companies uh, are an inspiration. For example, Sanjeev Bikchandani, sir mm. of Nokri. Mm. So he has built a sustainable business, a profitable company. He exited out of it like on a day-to-day -day role in 2010 and is now devoting all his time to help startups invest in them, hmm. grow them. So I look up to him, you know, somebody you know, who is giving so much back to the ecosystem which he rose from. Hmm. A second part, you know, I would I look up to uh, Sanjeev Agarwal from Helion Ventures. Yeah. Or, uh, Today the Fundamentum Partnership. His journey is again amazing mm -hmm. and he has built company Daksh which sold for around 150 million dollars but that was not the highest point in his life. He built a fund called Helion which became the one of the largest fund in India with 600 yeah. million dollars under management and again he started Fundamentum. So he's like you know 
opponents to the game not giving up mm. starting out bigger things one after the another right and if you interact with him he's a very humble guy i did a podcast with him and he candidly shares his set of mistakes so that's a <laughs> remark of a great yeah. person with i guess you can only learn from your mistakes yeah. so if you can if you're able to learn from your mistakes that that's when you actually progress yeah. and a third person i would like to mention is tn hari Uh, who is the chief people officer of big basket uh, i asked him you know personally like how do you choose which company to work for he said there are only two principles which i say the people should be very interesting like who the founders which i'm going to work with and i should come at a stage which is after product market fit <laughs> because i'm good in scaling so i don't enter companies before product market fit That's a great philosophy. <laughs> Play to your strengths, yes. basically. While obviously in your day, either in your day-to-day -day, um, operations or throughout startups journey, failure is a given. So, how do you deal with that? I try to overcome it. For me, you know, setting goals, trying best, and some many times I would say eighty out of hundred times not able to meet them. You know, mm -hmm. we would call as failures, but. are we able to you know get back the same day with the same set of enthusiasms and are we able to shoot for bigger goals so, so for me that's very important if i'm not able to reach the finish line that's fine but the next day I, am i able to start my pursuit as fresh as possible with the same amount of enthusiasm you know which i would have done without a failure so you're saying basically persistence like you have Absolutely. to keep doing it i think that's how you build any expertise build mm. yourself a name mm. for yourself so in hindsight throughout your whole journey yeah. did you expect to be at this point where you are so as i said you know when we first start out as entrepreneurs because we are hearing all the big names in the media mm -hmm. you know such in pansal and bini pansal so you want to build like billion dollar companies but i think as an entrepreneur you mature you you think as most of these things as noise so for me today you know i'm happy where i am today and what i do or next set of planning to do is more important for me than what i have done right because i realize you know living someone you know billion dollar comp story or dreaming for it is is vague enough you know i i should try to play to my strengths and to try to put what's 100% of me rather than you know setting mm. a goal and mm. uh, not being able to say you know i have not been able to meet it so for me that's why my efforts matter more than uh, anything else so what is your what does your 100x look like in the future so for for me 100x <laughs> uh, would mean like you know obviously you know at least impacting 10 20 million people positively helping them grow so it's one of the ways is through my podcast itself you know mm. other ventures i don't know you know so times takes you through it you know mm. step by step and the the other part is you know investing in young founders early on helping them grow so that thing is i'm looking forward to invest very early like somebody took a shot on me right i want to give it back and help yeah, pay it forward yes. for sure yeah, yeah. So, so for me again i'm look at set of 100 the next 100 companies <laughs> i'll be able to fund that's amazing so great so before we wrap up i have a few fun questions sure. different questions so if not an entrepreneur what would you be a software engineer by mean would you think you would have continued on that path or so let's say it's entrepreneurship no was not an option hmm. uh, i would have chosen a smaller company where i could because i enjoyed coding 
right from my college and uh, programming so mm -hmm. i would have joined a company where i would have seen me making an impact rather than being a small beginner uh, large oh, machine yeah. so that's the key that's the key basically you want to see whatever you're doing to have an impact absolutely i have to see it with my eyes yeah. and feel it no that's very true so the uh, next one is if you could have one superpower what would it be to grow 100x without <laughs> having the growing pains of it <laughs> because <laughs> But would you think? Okay, I'm going to be the devil's advocate yeah. here. But would you think you would appreciate it more without having to go through the process? I think when you are going through that pains, uh, the pain, like the, the pains bother you more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but when at, at the end of the journey you are able to see, you see it, yet that was worth it. Hmm. Right? But, hmm. but when you are facing that growing pains, you think you know, let wish somebody takes them away. <laughs> that's definitely true. Great. Um thank you so much Siddharth, for um, it's fun having this conversation. Yeah, sure. definitely. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you so much Aisha.